and many blessings. A very warm welcome to our cherished viewers and listeners. We come your way once again via the net, and we are thankful for that. My name is Lucy Fiaia from CFCC Pram Pram. Our topic for today's discussion is false balance and distractions. As part of our Mother's Day celebration, we bring to you this topic for discussion. And with me are three brethren who will be taking on this discussion from three perspectives. That is the student perspective, workers' perspective, and the parents' perspective. Shall we pray? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you so much for making this program available to us via the net. We are also thankful that what we are about to hear or talk about will bring us lots of understanding into our spiritual life so that we'll end up walking by them and our lives pleasing you. This we ask and pray for in Jesus' name. Amen. With me to do that discussion today are our sister, Rose Ewoku Asante, from Domi Branch, CFCC, and then Brother Morgan from the Act Temple. He will be handling the workers' perspective. And then Sister Abna Jackson from Trade Fair. She would talk on the parents' perspective. I want to take a scripture from Hosea chapter 12, verse 8. And that is, Ephraim said, Ah, that I have become rich. I have gained for myself wealth. All my profits shall bring on me no iniquity. That would be seen. But all his prophets will never offset nor suffice to expiate the guilt which he has incurred. Definitely, when your life does not bring in just balance, you would offend God. So that is our topic for today. Things that we must do not to offend God. Shall I now invite Sister Rose Ewoku Asante to give us her presentation? Thank you. Peace and many blessings. I'm speaking on the topic dealing with false balances from the student's perspective. Many years ago, a young man went to the secondary school. And when he got there, his desire was to study and also to serve the Lord. So he joined the SU. After many years, he realized that all his seniors who served as SU presidents were failing. They were getting 
ninth at the O level and F at the A level. That decision for him to pursue and to serve the Lord was killed. So he abandoned that decision and decided to concentrate on his studies. He did well. He had the best grades. He went to the university and he read medicine. After many years, he studied outside and he came back to Ghana and is one of the best gynecologists in the country. False balance, which is affecting many of the students and causing them to lose focus. has rendered many failing and getting disappointed with God. Proverbs 11.1 says that a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord, but a weight, but a just weight is his delight. False balance is the lack of equilibrium, stability, or fairness in something. Relationships, business, or trade. Distraction. Distraction are things that divert the attention of a person from a goal or a purpose. Such as television, our phones, social media, our computers, and our friends. Distractions are basically time wasters which come in to throw your life out of balance. False balance in the context of Proverbs 11.1 was about weight measurement in unfair trade and business practices. However, in our discussion from the student perspective, the underpinning parameter is on improper time management, which we may term as false academic life balance. Let's look at some of the causes of false balance in a student's life. One, lack of a vision or a goal. Lack of planning, which includes preparation, development, Prioritizing, scheduling, and forecasting our activities. The third point is lack of understanding of time and seasons. God's desire is for us to have a balanced life. In Ecclesiastes 3, verse 1, the Bible says that to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the heaven. Then in First Chronicles chapter 12 verse 32. We also understand that. The children of Issachar. They understood the times. 
and their seasons. And they knew what Israel should do at any particular time. Meaning that they ensured they take every opportunity that comes their way. God has graciously given every man on earth 24 hours a day. And out of this, it is medically proven that for a healthy life, we need an average of 6 to 8 hours of sleep. We need to rest so that our body can be healthy. And then we can also maximize our time properly. A student who, rest, who does not rest enough and sleeps little, about one or two hours, always gets confused in the lecture hall. However, within the six, eight hours, we should also ensure that we don't sleep too much because a little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands for rest, so shall poverty come. As Bible says in Proverbs chapter 24, verse 33, Proverbs 6, 10, and 11, and then Proverbs 20, verse 13. When we sleep too much, poverty will come, and then will be distracted and will be destroyed. So how do you utilize these 16 hours of our spiritual and physical well-being? Well, as students, there are two main areas of our lives that need attention. And the 16 hours allotted to us are for these activities. Our spiritual life which involves fellowship with God and man, our Bible study life, our prayer life, and our ministry work. For physical lives, we have our lectures and private study time. We also have to engage in physical exercise, for they also profit much. And then we also have our relationship with friends, and families, which has to be considered. How we properly apportion our time between these two critical areas in our lives is of utmost importance to God. Any improper apportioning or management of our time in these areas will lead to a false balance which is offensive to God. How to maintain a good academic life balance. It is important for students, especially Christian students, to understand that we need to seek God's guidance and His purpose for our lives. Bible says in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11, that I know the thoughts that I have towards you. They are thoughts of good and not of evil to bring you to an expected end. So then, we need God to guide us even as we plan our lives on campus. We also need God's 
direction to draw a good plan to achieve our purpose. Remember that in Proverbs chapter 5, chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, Bible says that we should trust in the Lord with all our hearts. And we should not lean on our own understanding. But in all our ways, we should acknowledge him and he will direct our path. So we need to always acknowledge the Lord. What in whatever plans or decisions we want to take. We also need to draw a realistic personal timetable. We also need to have a to-do list on our daily on daily basis. We need to understand the time and seasons in which we are. And we need to take advantage of every opportunity that comes our way. In conclusion, God is expecting us to apportion equal time in all things. And he expects every student to keep a healthy academic life balance. Time imbalances shift our focus and distract our lives. In our pursuit for academic excellence, we tend to sacrifice our personal relationship with God, leading to backsliding. On the other hand, overzealous for ministry, we tend to sacrifice our academic life, leading to poor academic work, and sometimes dropping from school. Remember, true success avoids extreme. Keep balance in all things. Peace and many blessings. Thank you. Peace and many blessings. I am uh, continuing from where our sister left off and I'm looking at this topic, um, keeping away false balances and distractions from the perspective of the workplace. Uh, my sister has cited the, um, the passage of uh, Proverbs 11, where it talks about a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord, but a just weight is pleasing to the Lord. And I will want to continue from, from there. Um, I think this topic is very timely because uh, in my 30 years experience as, as a lawyer, uh, the majority of which I spent in corporate practice. I have seen otherwise brilliant people come to the workplace and crash as a result of uh, one thing or the other that they did not get right. So um, what is it that they didn't get right and what can we uh, learn from, from that? For me, I am picking my anchor passage from Genesis chapter 1, and I'm looking at what God said to man or about creation. So in Genesis chapter 1, uh, reading from verse 26, we read that, And God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over the cattle, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And so God created man in his own image. 
In the image of God created he him. Male and female created he them. And God blessed them. And God said unto them, Be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea. Hallelujah. Why do I pick this passage and what do I see in it? Uh, For me, I think I learn about four uh, very important things from this passage. The first is that God created man and God created man in his image and for his purpose. The second thing that I also learn is that God created uh, male and female. In other words, God also placed man in the family. And then the third thing that I see is that God blessed man and God asked him to have dominion over the fishes and everything that there is. So why is this important for me? I have seen a lot of people, as I said, uh, make a shipwreck of their lives because they got their balancing wrong. But from this passage, it tells me that God is the most important thing because he is the one who created us. So in terms of priority at the workplace, we should always remember that God comes first. Then, in terms of the second priority, as I said, God made male and female. In other words, God made man and placed him in a family. So family relation is also very important. So I take God, then I place family. Then God gave man work to do. But God didn't just give man this work to do. God blessed man and said, be fruitful and multiply and then have dominion over this. So then having taken care of God and family, now comes the work. And even in the work, God has already blessed man. It means that God delights in our fruitfulness. God delights in our well-being. So it is very important at the workplace to always remember that God comes first, the family comes second, and then your, your work comes third. If we should always keep this in mind, I believe that we will get our priorities uh, right. So what are some of the things that we need to do or we need to bear in mind so as to you know, um, make sure that we keep away distractions or we don't make a shipwreck of, of our lives. And I've put about seven points, that, uh, points down that I, I want to submit for our consideration. The first point is that at the workplace, because God is the most important thing, we should always seek to do things God's way. In, in Colossians, uh, it, Paul talking about Christian character, he said, and whatever you do in word or deed, do it to the glory of God. So our work is something that God has also given us and we are to do it to his glory and we are to do it God's way. In Proverbs 3, 5 and 6, we read that, um, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not on thine own understanding. In all thy ways I acknowledge him and he will make straight thy path. So, it is important at the workplace that we do things God's way. We don't, do, we don't use our own means. We don't use what we think is right. But we should always ask that, is this thing that I am doing, is it God's way? The Presbyterian hymn says, Asimbiara meka, adibiara meye, esimibisase, ebe yisufe. 
Esimbisa se Yesu kan sana so ebeye Yesu fe. In other words, whatever I do, whatever I say, you know, I should ask, is this something that God has sanctioned? Will it meet God's mark? So it is very important that we do things God's way and we don't lean on our own understanding. When we, we lean on our own understanding and we lean on our own strengths, uh, it leads to us trying to use our own strength, as it were, to achieve. But if you recall, in the um, Genesis passage, God blessed man. And he said, be fruitful and multiply. So God delights in our well-being and God has already made provision for us to succeed. We don't need to use our own power, our own imagination, as it were, to do things God's way. When we try to use our own strength, we, use, we, 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 we resort to ways other than what God has asked us to do. And that is when I have seen people who come to the office and you see that they, because they found a good job, they no longer have time for God. Then you see that some of them, you know, they neglect family. They spend all their time in the office. No, it is wrong. God should always come first. The family should always come next. And then also, there are people who work and push themselves so much that there's something that they call burnout in no time at all. You see that they are not producing or as at, at the limits that, I mean, they, they should. The other thing that I want us to also consider is there are, there's something that we call mentors. Yes, it's good to have a mentor. Uh, but the mentor is not God. So much as it is good to have some seniors who may guide you at the workplace, etc., these people should never be placed in the same position as God. Because when you do that, it gets to a point where you realize then that if they are pushing you in the wrong uh, direction, you just go and you make a shipwreck of your life. Now, um, there is a very interesting passage in um, Exodus chapter 33 where God called him, um, Moses and asked him to take the Israelites out. And uh, Moses asked God, you have called me, you said you have shown me your favor and all that, but who is to go with me? And I like what, uh, listen to the, the, the question, who is to go with me? But the response that God gave is what I want to draw our attention to it. He said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So instead of relying on man, when we rely on God, when we rely on God's presence, when we rely on the Holy Spirit, he goes with us. And not only are we then trying to do things in our own strength, but he gives us rest. In other words, you do the work, but you enjoy it. The successes come. And you realize, somebody would ask, hey, how come this person seems to be getting all the provisions, that, I mean the promotions, and he seems not to be struggling? Because God has brought you rest. And that is what I would want to recommend to us. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. There are also people who get to the workplace, and they think that by, I mean, some of the ways of using their own ways and means, we, we hear of people who do a lot of backbiting. They don't want to cooperate with others. They see other people as a threat to them. And therefore, I mean, instead of helping them, having the good team spirit, you know, they try to, it's like pull him down syndrome, which we know in Ghana. But this is also a wrong thing. It is indeed God 
who promotes. It is God who elevates. It is God who gives us the ability to make wealth and not our own, uh, you know, strength, as it were. And then also, there is something that I put down. Uh, when we have things in the right perspective and our priorities set right, there is something that it also spares us from. And this is succumbing to unnecessary pressures from your superiors or from your colleagues. In the Bible, we see a very interesting uh, experience of Saul, who had been asked by God, as it were, to go and clear all the Amalekites and all that. And he came and told Samuel, I have done everything that you have asked me to do. But then the people brought uh, you know, the fats and the rams to sacrifice to God. Why? Because he was afraid of the people. Because he succumbed to the pressure of his officials. And then that is when we had Samuel tell him, to obey is better than sacrifice, to hearken than the fat of rams. In the workplace, we can also have similar things when young ladies who have joined uh, the, uh, the, the company, you may have some bosses using unnecessary pressures and tell you that, oh, if you do this, if you, you, you succumb to whatever I'm doing, then I'll be able to promote you. No. We should always know that which will please God and make sure that we don't become casualty as Saul sadly became. Then also we also have corrupt and corruption and corrupt practices. If we keep our perspective on God and we know that it is God who promotes us, then you realize that you can work in a bank and you know that it is not your ways and means that will get you the promotion or it is not your ways and means that will enable you to buy that car or build that house and all that. I've seen so many people who, got, who cut short their otherwise brilliant uh, you know, opportunity at the workplace because they succumbed to some pressure and resorted to some corrupt practices. No, a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. We need to look to God for our promotion. We need to always look to God for our elevation and not resort to uh, corrupt uh, practices. We also need to um, have in mind that at the workplace, there are different um, at times camps. And if you are not careful, you can also get caught in the power play. This is also something that we should also guard against. Because oftentimes, people think that if you align to this or you align to that, then that person can push you up. It is God, again, who promotes. It is God who elevates. So that instead of trying to, to as it were, toe certain lines, ask yourself again, whatever I'm doing, am I at peace with, with God? Is my conscience clear? Rather than getting caught in, in unnecessary uh, power play. And at times when we also do that, it comes with it this sense of arrogance. We have won. Yes, our camp is into this. And, but God doesn't like that. Because again, it is God who uh, elevates us. And we remember the story of the rich fool who having worked so hard, he said to himself, Now my soul... He said to himself, relax and enjoy. I'll pull down my bands and we have so much. And God said to him, thou rich fool. 
So I think that these are, I would want to end here and say that it is always important to have our priorities right. It is always important to know that God comes first, family comes second, then your workplace. And even the workplace, it is God who has given you. And if you see it that way, then you realize that whatever you are doing, you are doing it as it were to please God, to bring honor to his name. And then you won't do it at the expense of your family, at the expense of your spiritual life, or at the expense of other equally important things. Because a false balance is an abomination unto the Lord. Peace and many blessings. Peace and many blessings. I am continuing from where my brother and my sister left off. And I'm looking at dealing with false balance and distraction in the perspective of the parents. I am a wife of a pastor and a mother of three. And I'm also a spiritual, I also have spiritual children. So what are the duties? What are my duties? What am I supposed to do for all these, my children? Hallelujah. So I'm looking at duties of a Christian parent. In Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6, as a parent, God expects us to train the children in the way that they should go so that when they grow up, they will not depart from all the trainings that have been taught. So you train them in the wisdom of the word of God and then raise them up in that ability. Hallelujah. When they are even old, they will not depart from it. They will not stray off from the right path. They will not be a danger to society. In Deuteronomy chapter 11 verses 18 and 19, Christian parents are also to instruct the children in righteous living. Write the things that are right. Impress it upon their hearts that these are the things that you should do as a child of God. And these teachings should penetrate their hearts with, with, um, so that they will be able to apply it as they go along the way. Amen. This means that a parent, as a parent myself, I need to let it be a lifestyle. I need to let it be a part of me so that my children will look at me and they will imitate me. They don't see it as if I am just preaching it, but I am not doing it. But they see it as a lifestyle and so they will copy it. Amen. Um, uh, the children would also learn from the things that I'm doing and they would apply it to their lives. Christian parents are to provide for the needs of their children. They are not to be irresponsible parents. A false balance will cause their children to become a burden to society. In Proverbs chapter 29:17, Christian parents are expected to discipline their children in love and you are you will be proud of them because they will not they will bring you pleasure. Amen. They will not bring you disgrace when you train them up in discipline. You discipline them in love. They are doing something that is not right. You would bring them to correction. You would not rather pat them and say, okay, let us talk about it. But Bible tells us that spare the rod and spoil the child. So we need to discipline them. Because what's it? Abufra, Jimmy, So if you don't beat that 
thing out or my father would say that if you don't train up a child or discipline the child, the child will explode in foolishness and it will bring disgrace to you, the parents. Amen. So, in order for the children not to become street children, in order for them not to tend to drug addicts, in order for them not to be a burden to society, then these children must be disciplined in the word of God. Amen. Indicators of a false balance. What are some of the things that we would see and know that, ah, my balance is not right? When we look at time, it is a false balance for a parent to spend all his time on his children that don't have any time for God. Consequently, it is also a false balance for a parent to spend all his time on God and not have time for his children. There must be a balance. Amen. When we go to, you are, you are so caught up in church activities. From Monday throughout to Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you are in church activities. From one, one activity to the other. You don't have time to spend with your children, to even look at their homework, to look at, prepare them for examination. You don't have time to hear them, converse with them. You are so spiritual that you are of no use to the earth. It is a false balance. Amen. In the aspect of money, um, it is a false balance to spend all your money on your children and nothing for God. Or the other way around, spend all your money on the things of God and not look after your children. It is a false balance. Amen. In the aspect of distraction, distraction is something that takes away our attention from what we are supposed to be doing. So we may be distracted at times, but there are things we can do to minimize this distraction, especially when it comes to something that would interfere with our personal devotion with the Lord. Not every distraction is sinful. We should note that, that not every distraction is sinful. Now, when some of the common distractions may include cell phones. The same cell phone that keeps us from concentrating when the sermon is going on or when there is a prayer meeting is that same cell phone that we also use to communicate with our loved ones. It also helps us during emergencies. And then it also helps us as reminders. So cell phone can be a source of distraction. Our hobbies can also rob us of time. It's if done in excess, but they can also be a source of relaxation. Amen. And then when it comes to our house chores, cooking, cleaning up the houses, and doing all kinds of cleaning and sorting out the house can also be something that can rob us of our, our time with God. Hallelujah. We are, not, we are all not distracted by the same thing. What may distract you may not distract me. I may be distracted by a particular thing. And you also may be distracted by another thing. For example, when we take Samson. Samson was distracted by the relationship of Philistine women in Judges 14.5. Demas was distracted by culture around him in 2 Timothy 4.10. Martha was also distracted by household tax in Luke 10.14. So we are all not the same. What may distract you may not distract me. 
So in conclusion, I would say that as Christian parents, God expects us to play our role in providing for our household, taking care of our children while serving him with all our hearts. God expects us to place our relationship with him first, first and foremost. He must be our priority. The things that distract us may not be sinful in themselves. But if they are allowed to take God's place, then they become a sin. Peace and many blessings. Amen. Peace and many blessings. That was a wonderful talk. And we have heard from all three perspectives. We heard Auntie Rose from Domi talk about academic balance. She talked about having good planning. There's a season for everything. Students must rest. They must have both spiritual and physical life. And above all, they must be focused. Focus on your education. And from the workers' perspective, we had a brother, he said, put God first, family second, work place third. And in all these things, you need God to keep you from distraction. And then you must do things God's way. You must rely on God. Promotion does not come from the east nor the west. If you want to hit the rock, then take your mind off God. And definitely you come crashing. And then finally, we heard from our sister, Sister Abna. She spoke on the mother's or the parent's perspective that we must keep our children focused also as a mother and as a wife you must also be focused spiritually and then physically children must be disciplined and that is your duty because one day you live to enjoy those children and then he, she also spoke about spending your time profitably giving God, what is his, and giving the physical also what is to the physical. That is, if you must spend time with your children, it must be balanced. God must also have his fair share. And you, if you must spend money, God must also have his share, and your children as well. So we have heard from our three brethren, and I think it's a good thing. We must keep away from false balances and, uh, and distractions. That is the only way we can live right with God and our lives pleasing unto Him. Amen. Shall we pray? Father, we are thankful to you for coming our way with these things we have heard. We are thankful again that these things that we hear, they will not depart from us. You have made them available for our growth. We pray that we will walk faithfully by them and through them. 
This we know will bring us purity and balance in our spiritual life. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.